Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. What's going on, Facebook Live? I always forget YouTube too. What's going on, YouTube Live? <laughs> that's half. That's half the viewers, man. You can't forget yeah. about half the people out there. My bad. My bad. How you doing tonight, Jay? Jay, how you doing tonight? Jay. Oh, Jay. Jay's a deer head tonight. <laughs> Welcome back, Bradley. Thank you, sir. It is a pleasure to be here. Uh, if you guys read the uh, show notes, uh, Brad's going to be joining us for all the Hunt Sode episodes that uh, we're going to do here on the OG live show uh, through winter. And uh, that'll probably taper off sometime in spring as uh, fishing season started up. Um, we've had some uh, good traction on the hunting episode, so we want to keep that going. And uh, we had a lot of good feedback from the last last one that we did. And uh, uh, we're going to talk on some of those points tonight. Um, we got a lot of guys that are interested in hunting that may not have a mentor or uh, know how to go about starting and what to do. So we're going to touch on that. We're going to talk about the Wisconsin gun season. Brad got a deer. I got I a tree. I got a tree. We're going to talk about we, that. You got all of it, man. All of it. <laughs> I mean, that it, I mean, it was dead center, bro. Dead center. It was. It was. It was like you were aiming for it. 
Yeah. And then uh, we're going to talk about the OnX app as well, because we had a lot of questions about that. And uh, I think it's a pretty cool tool. Uh, you and I have been sharing waypoints and things like that, not only for deer hunting, but uh, goose and duck hunting, upland hunting, things like that. So uh, we're going to talk about that stuff tonight. Where do you want to start, my man? Oh, uh, I made the 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 J joke, but um, just want to let everybody know um, Jay lost his mom this just yesterday, so he's not here at the show. So if everybody could share some positive thoughts, prayers, messages, um, positive vibes, man, much appreciated. Uh, Jay will be back. He's just uh, obviously taking some time off, so um, I'm sure Jay would greatly appreciate uh any uplifting notes or messages so uh just thinking of jay so in my thoughts my friend yeah absolutely man absolutely so uh where do you want to start man where do you want to start tonight i mean we got to talk about deer season right just ended yeah. the yeah. orange army right i mean you took part in the wisconsin gun deer season that was my first ever dude i'm i've i've never been a gun hunter um, I think I bought shot shotgun tags in Illinois once and I only sat, I think once, maybe twice, um, never saw a deer, but, um, and it was on private land that I didn't do any scouting on or anything like that. Um, but you and I were talking about, uh, Wisconsin gun season. And then I started talking about it with Jay and Jay and I were like, let's, let's go do it. Let's hit the public land. We talked about, you know, the plethora of public land in Wisconsin and we put some plans together. We put some miles on the boots, did a lot of hiking around things like that. And, uh, wow. I didn't know there was that many people in Wisconsin. There's a lot of people in Wisconsin, man. Public. I mean, and you even got back to some more remote areas and there were still, I mean, it's a lot yeah. like that's where you got to almost start like, planning early because there's sure. a couple spots that i showed like drop waypoints i'm like hey if you have time because it's so late grab your kayak come in this back way check this out or go down this little tiny river and go see what's over here type of deal i mean there sure. are spots you can get to if you utilize other methods but yeah if you're just going to park at the parking lot and walk in expect to see 10 or 15 trucks especially with us being me being dane county hunting columbia you up by me because that's kind of where i know the public land just because i'm familiar with that area sure a lot of people yeah it was uh it was kind of surprising to me man like how many how many people flocked out because you know we had talked um you know you and i were hunting upland me and jay went upland hunting and we didn't see that many deer hunters and you know that was archery season and it was like everybody and their brother came out of the woodworks for gun season. And I've always heard that. And I was kind of prepped for that. And uh, it was different. And it totally changed my strategy. And that's, uh, I think that's where Onyx came into, into play huge for us. Um, because we were kind of trying to find those off the beaten path spots. Um, and, and areas that people wouldn't necessarily trek back to. And that was the one thing, like, I, I know the one spot there close to, to where you were hunting, um, Jay and I ended up on a piece of public land 
a little further away. But I mean, there was a line of guys just like right inside the woods, you know, <laughs> and we were like, uh, well, we kind of got to walk through here to get where we were going. And, right. uh, you know, so it was a little odd, but, uh, you know, then you, you always have the worries of, you know, getting shot at, you know, I've never experienced that. I mean, the past couple of years, I've been real lucky hunting private land down here. But sure. before that, it was all public land in the North Woods up in Vilas County for a deer camp, which 2021, we're starting that back up again, we decided. I mean, deer camp's going to be game on for sure. Yeah, buddy. Bring, start those traditions again, get some new ones going, lean on the old ones. I mean, just wasn't the same. Like, you go up there, I go up there, and I don't expect to see deer. Where I hunt, it's rare I don't see a deer on a sit, let alone yeah. four, five I can be picky. I can be selective. I'm spoiled. There's no way. There's no other way to say it. I am spoiled. Yeah. I found that out firsthand. <laughs> yeah. You got to sit out there one afternoon. Poor tree. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll survive. Well, me and Jay went up because um, it, it opened on a Saturday and uh, we hunted hard and we put some miles on the boots that day. And, um, we found some spots that we were interested in that weren't really getting touched. Um, and I still think we should have gone back to the one area um, where we found some really mature oak trees that were dropping acorns. And we should right. have sat there one evening. And uh, we ended up abandoning that plan. And um, we ended up somewhere else. And then uh, we actually stayed up in Wisconsin that night hunted the next morning and evening. Um, and that morning we made a shift because there was a lot of guys that flocked to the area we had sat at the night before and there wasn't that many people. Um, and we ended up seeing some deer just never got a shot. One we bumped when we were walking out of the woods. Um, couldn't get a shot at that one because there was another hunter in that direction. Um, and then the other one came blazing down a hill, um, through some thick brush and we just never could get a shot and, uh, things like that. So then I went back up, uh, well, we went duck hunting thank Thanksgiving morning. We did. You and that, I. Was a, that was a workout. That, that was, was, yeah. Two and a half miles of paddling with the canoe scraping bottom. Never again, bro. <laughs> I, all right. I scouted that. I, I put some time in. I scouted you did. that. You I did. told you I saw hundreds of ducks. Right. We and we did see them. Oh, yeah. The most stale, highly pressured ducks that wanted nothing to do with the, with that 10 square mile radius. Sure, right. we saw them. Yeah, we didn't see any, I think, really come in. I mean, we heard a few shots, you know, a little bit of ways, but uh, it wasn't very many. And you could had, see, like, there wasn't ducks really coming coming down to the water. No, they, they were all flying come, high. They'd come through, and they'd hit that, like, line, and they go straight up yep. and over and back yep. down. It Just like they a knew. refuge line. Just like the refuge line at Horicon. They're all, they're all nice and hunky-dory in the refuge. And they come out, and they just go, all right, mile high. <laughs> I think we would have been better off turk, 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 turk. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if Brian's gone. You got me. I got you. I can. Yeah. I can. Sorry. Uh, I don't know what happened there. Sorry, everybody. Um, let me get my camera set up. But uh, yeah, I think we would have been better off turkey hunting that morning. You know. Oh, dozens of birds roosted in the trees, twenty yards from us. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it, it was interesting, but then Friday afternoon, I headed back up. I hunted, didn't see a thing, came back up Saturday morning. Um, we were originally going to go duck hunting and then you sent me a message. Uh, your father-in-law had shot a buck and I think that's a valuable lesson too. Cause let's, let's talk about that. Um, sure. You know, we had talked to him. We went and tracked it that that Saturday morning, and Sunday he had morning, right? or, Sunday morning was it? No, Sunday? Saturday. No, it was Saturday. I can't even. You're right. Yeah, Saturday it was morning. Saturday. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the long weekend <laughs> makes it confusing. I had off but, all week, uh, man. It's just a blur. Yeah. Right. Well, we uh, we went and tracked that that deer he had shot. We had found it. It didn't go much further than where he had. Um, stop tracking it but um i Which think he said he put his orange hat there on the tree yeah. at last blood real easy for anybody to find to help sure sure well yeah that's a great tip too and i think we might have touched on that when uh jay and i talked about when we tracked his deer the one thing i told him is always leave a roll of toilet paper in your pack yep. um so that way you could kind of put some in the tree as your or, or bushes or on the ground as you're tracking so if you ever lose you can always circle back to where you lost and start you know searching from there it also gives you a visual of which way it's been heading yeah. so you kind of have an idea of a, like it's like an arrow like all right it, it went this way it's been coming from this way i need to look for blood that way to start sure 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 but um you know he had shot that buck um 
He walked up on it. I think he said he gave it about a half hour, and then as he walked up to it, it got up, and he yep, was he pumping pushed it. it. He pushed so, it that one time. Yeah. So, so general rule of thumb, and like a lot of hunters use a slogan: "When in doubt, back out." Um, you know. So he wasn't sure. He didn't want to push that deer further. It was heading towards the public land that butts up next to your land, um, which isn't a big deal. But you know, if a bunch of hunters were coming in or out, um, they could have bumped his deer even more. So he backed out. Um, he made the right call. It was definitely cold enough that night. Um, we go back, we track it, we find it and, uh, dragged it out. Um, it was what, 20, 20 yards into the marsh. I mean, he bumped, it was probably 50, 70 yards from where he stopped tracking it. 50 yards to the marsh and it was maybe 20 yards into the marsh. So only that one bump and by him backing out that deer decided, all right, I'm safe here. I'm just going to lay down. Yeah. Whereas if he would have just kept tracking and been like, all right, I'm going to find this, I'm going to find this buck. I'm going to find this buck. He just pushed it deeper and deeper into that marsh, making it harder and harder to track. Cause as you get that wet mud that hides blood. Sure. Just sure. makes life even harder. Right. 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 But I thought that was a valuable lesson, and I definitely wanted to bring that up on the show. And I, I think we might have touched on that, too, because the first deer I ever um, harvested, you know, I had, of course, you know, my buddy who had mentored me, Scotty, you know, was like, where'd you shoot it? And I was like, right behind the shoulder. And the, the next day when we found it, you know, he taught me the lesson of when in doubt, back out, you know. Right. And uh, the next day he's like, yeah, you definitely shot it behind the shoulder, but a little further back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, and that's the thing too. Like if, if you ever have a doubt or a question and, and there, there's some good um, things to talk about there too. Right. Like, um, you know, like I said, archery hunter, um, you know, usually what I do is I find my arrow or I'll find my blood trail. Uh, typically you get a pass through if you don't, you know, when you find your arrow or when you're looking at that blood, you know, if you got bubbles in it, that usually means, um, you know, a lung shot, lung right. or heart shot, um, especially if it's bright red. If it's a real dark red, that's usually a liver shot. Um, so you should give them about two hours um, to expire. I give the, liver even longer than that personally. Sure. Liver, sure, can, sure, be, sure. liver can be tricky. I mean, yeah. liver can last a while. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. we all aim to have the best possible shot, be the most ethical hunter we can be. Things Sometimes, happen, man. Right, exactly. Deer, deer will duck, deer will turn, you know, at, at the the sound of a shot or an arrow flinging in their direction. So, you know, it happens, right? Like right. we don't right. mean for it to happen. Right. Um, and then like in Jay's instance, you know, he had a gut shot on that deer. And right. You know, he didn't, he had some blood on that arrow, but it was really dark in color and things like that. And, you know, general rule of thumb on that is giving 12 hours, you know. Right. Um, so we had touched on that. So, you know, again, we're trying to give tips, tricks, things as we're describing some of these things for some of these guys um, that are listening and tuning in that, you know, are, are interested in hunting or, or just getting into it, things like that. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just one of those things, but, um, you know, I ended up 
sitting with you that that evening and uh you out of my told stand. me out of my stand my favorite stand yeah see gave me the royal treatment i did and uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm uh somebody said the feed crashed i just want to make sure we're still good but i think we're good we got people tuned in um we uh sat up there you kind of gave me the lay of the land where the deer should come and go from and this and that and sure enough four does uh popped out with like two minutes left of of legal shooting time and i had like looked over and i was like well those bushes no there's no bushes over there <laughs> and i brought my rifle up and i looked down my scope and i'm like holy crap you know at first I thought it was two and sure. then it turned two turned into four. They were behind this little tree and the first one had kind of popped out. And, um, you know, I'm not a super religious trophy hunter. I'm a, I want to fill my freezer full of as much meat as possible. And, um, you know, it was a doe that popped out. I had two doe tags for Columbia County and, uh, I lined up that deer was behind the tree and it had just barely stepped out where I could get a nice shoulder shot. Deer was slightly quartering to me and, um, I should have waited another 30 seconds, but I rushed everything. I, right. you know, you're running out of time. You were we were so running out of time. We, the clock was ticking and, uh, I, I just like, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if this is going to happen, it's got to happen now. Right. Um, Cause the last thing you want to do is shoot 30 seconds after no more shooting. And Mr. DNR officers parked <laughs> over on the road and like comes walking up, you know? So uh, I lined up and I thought the deer was a little further out from that tree and uh, you know, just didn't take my time, rush the shot, shoot, deer runs away but it wasn't that like you know horse kick you know when you when they get hit and then right. they run away it was just like what just happened and it ran away right meanwhile the other three are still there like where are you going <laughs> to the one i shot at and the one actually came out and turned broadside but i was like man i don't want to shoot another deer now we're tracking two deer Right. you know field dressing two deer things like that um you guys were gracious enough to let me sit there that evening so um i i just knew by the way that deer reacted that i didn't hit it and i or i had a bad shot and i was really hoping i just it was a clean miss um so we got down and you're like did you get one and i was like i think so you know <laughs> i don't know and you're like well what do you mean you were the one that shot, right? And you know, I explained the whole story, and we went over, and we were looking for well, blood. We, we, well, probably, we waited first because we went up, and I took my tree stand apart first, and we sure we relaxed. Sure. We gave that deer just a little more time because you weren't sure before we even started to look for blood to pass. Because I didn't want to push it if it didn't yeah. go that far. Right, 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 right. And you know, we had talked about the events that occurred and you're like, well, we'll just give it some time and we'll go check it out, which, you know, I totally agreed with. 
and uh, we walked up and I knew where that tree was from, from being up in the stand. And we walked right up to that tree because I knew she had to be real close to it. And instantly we saw the bullet hole in the tree with the, the bark kind of like butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yep, I'm pretty sure I missed her. And we had searched around, we grid searched, we didn't find any blood, we didn't find anything like that. Um uh, I and, saw and I, where she ran. Go ahead. And and we we grid searched that whole area just to double check and make sure. So and that trail you saw her run down narrows down so tight. That yeah, is yeah, such yeah. a, I mean, if there had been blood, we would have found it on that trail. I have no doubt about it. For sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, like I told you, I'd rather miss clean than have, uh, you know, a rough, you know, event happen where, you know, now I'm coming back up the next morning and our whole morning is jacked up because, now we got to go track Brian's deer, you know, plus right. you don't want to put the animal through that kind of right. thing. You want a, a nice, clean, you know, ethical, uh, kill. Uh, our buddy, Adam Haworth said trigger squeeze. Yeah. I guarantee you that was part of it. Um, quick shout out to Adam. Congrats on your first buck on public land. At yeah, that buddy. Yeah. It was great pulling that thing out of the marsh with you. Heck wish yeah, we had man. a wagon or a sled or something because you were kind of farther back than I might have gone. But congrats on grabbing <laughs> that box. <laughs> uh, what are friends for, man? What are friends for? Brock Hall in the house. What's up, brother? What's up, Brock? Hope you're doing well, man. But uh, yeah, it was interesting, man. It's the the whole gun season for me was uh, was a definitely a new and different learning experience. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. We got the uh, the antlerless season coming up, not this weekend, the following weekend. So I plan on hopefully uh, hopefully filling a, a tag there and uh, you know getting a doe down. So that'd be nice. But speaking of getting a doe down, the first weekend, Sunday night. Sunday night. Saturday was a little different. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Saturday kind. Yeah. Con- Saturday kind of was a big change to everything. So I kind of touched on deer camp, right? Yeah. And we haven't done it in a couple of years. And I could tell my, a good friend of mine, like the guy I've been hunting with for years, Steve. I mean, we have stories that go back a long ways from jumping mud boats to hunting out of paddle boats, like the pedal ones that are red and white to driving down logging roads. No Subaru Forester should ever even attempt to go down. <laughs> <laughs> But I could tell he was bumming. He was he was missing his dad who passed away a couple of years ago. And we don't we're not doing deer camp. So I pulled an audible Saturday morning. I left at three o'clock in the morning and drove to his house. So when he woke up that morning, I was there and he could hunt with me. So we could yeah. hunt together. So we could carry on that part of those traditions. And it wasn't the same as deer camp, but like you could just tell like his like it just was different because we were together. We were hunting together. It's like sure. you know, it's, it's not up north, but yeah, it was good. So it's that camaraderie thing, you know? Right. So I did that Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I came back and Saturday afternoon was amazing. I think we're going to have to lead. I think we're going to have to go through this weekend in order, man. We're going to have to come yeah. back to my doll because Saturday yeah. afternoon, my niece, 16 year old niece shot her first buck. Seven pointer at about ah, 35, 45 yards. Just perfect shot. Right, right through the moneymaker. I mean, she was ecstatic. 
but that she had that whole gamut of emotions though. I mean, yeah. she's, I mean, it's first time ever taking a life. I mean, dear, sure. maje- dear majestic. I feel it too. Every time. I mean, sure. It, it reminds me I'm not a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you're thankful. You're blessed. There's remorse. It's just this huge ball of feelings that just kind of come out like, a second later after you watch the deer drop. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember that first deer I had, I had shot, you know, like that was the one thing, man. I remember drawing back, you know, on my bow and I just kind of sat there like, Holy crap, I'm going to do this, you know, like, um, and, and it's funny too, because, uh, Jay and I had a conversation about this, you know, when he took his first deer, uh, this year, and that was his first year ever, you know, um, we, we had talked about it and, uh, you know, I, I went and helped him track it. We got it out of the woods, showed him how to field dress it and this and that. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I took a, took a moment to, to thank the deer, you know, and, uh, you know, for, for giving me the opportunity and, you know, that it was going to feed my family and this and that. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny how hunters sometimes, um, for folks that are outside of the hunting world, never had an experience with hunting or, or even fishing for that matter. And they're, you know, you always get that stereotype hunters are just a bunch of savages, you know, uh, this and that. And, um, I know more hunters that have more respect for animals, um, the outdoors, nature, things of that along those lines, you know, than anybody that doesn't well, I mean, hunt most or fish. Most hunters or, are conservationists first. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, without that, without preserving what we have and conserving like our public lands to the deer, to the ducks, to the squirrels, and even to the fish. I mean, to everything, if we don't protect it, we're not going to keep it. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a big key, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I touched on, you know, the plethora of public land in Wisconsin and I, I totally envy that. Um, right we don't have those kind of opportunities that you guys have up in Wisconsin, like we do in Illinois. And, uh, like we were talking, uh, like Tennessee, Tennessee's got tons and tons and tons of public land. I know Indiana's kind of the same way as well. Uh, Michigan, you know, it's like. Michigan's got a lot of public land, especially when you get to Northern Michigan. And yeah. And you know, here in Illinois, we're just, we're, not as fortunate, I guess. Um, right. So it, it's just one of those things. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not all about just going out and killing things. So no, for for those guys that are listening, like if you've never hunted before, it, it's not about just going out and slaughtering things. Have some respect uh, to the animals, uh, you know, the woods things like that. I mean, be grateful for it and uh, take care of it, you know? And it's more than just even like the conservation, but then you even get into the hunting aspect. And to me, it's far more than 
taking a deer or taking a bird. I mean, those traditions and yeah. who you're with and the camaraderie means so much more because it just builds on that entire experience. I mean, taking an animal is an amazing experience, but it's only a small part to the entire puzzle, sure. which hunting, I mean, like that, that rifle my niece used was her great grandma's. That's awesome. I mean, I That's can't awesome. imagine, I, I can't even imagine the number of stories that rifle could tell about the, how I dated the date code go back is 1936. That's insane. I mean, that's insane. That's awesome, how, though. How many seasons has that been in the woods? What is that scene throughout? I mean, I'd love to talk to it. As yeah. crazy as that sounds, right. I just love to have a conversation with that rifle. I mean, it's 75 years old. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, that's pretty incredible. I didn't know that part of the story, but that's, you know, you talk about traditions. And and not only that, but like, uh, like our Thanksgiving Day duck hunt, you know, like, we didn't shoot any birds, um, but what a cool, crazy experience and the story that comes out of that. You know, we're going to talk about that for years. Remember that one time we were, you know, dumb and paddled the canoe up a <laughs> small canal to not get any birds? And we should have been you know? jump shooting turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, like that's the thing, you know, um, it's those experiences that make it worth it. Like, um, you know, Wisconsin gun season, like that's something I'll always remember. Like, you know, Jay and I putting in all that work, neither of us got a deer. Um, but what a blast we had, you know, like exploring, hiking around the woods, shooting the breeze, you know, it's, it's just like kayak fishermen, right? Like, you know, you always got those fishing stories when you're out with your buddies, whether you slammed a hundred bass a piece or neither got anything, but you watched the most beautiful sunrise or sunset, watched right. a deer swim across a creek channel, like things like that. You know, it's it's Watch the same that eagle kind of, fishing. Watching that yeah. eagle teach you how to fish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's happened more than once. Sons of guns. But uh, you know, it's always interesting, man you know, um, and to have that aspect. So it's cool that, uh, how, how did, hold it? Did you say your niece was 16? That's awesome. Congrats to her. Congrats to her. Huge congrats. Um, that's the thing. Like, I think we talked about that on the last episode. Like I didn't start hunting till I think it was like 28, right? 29 and I'll be 39 in a couple months. So, you know, I, I definitely got a late start, but, um, you know, one thing I want to commend you for, you know, is, uh, you've been such a great mentor. You and I talked about that on the phone the other night. Um, not just to me, but like so many people like your niece, you know, you, you taught her how to shoot that gun. She, she harvested a buck. We, right. We mean, we started that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we took her out, yeah. I mean, her and my father-in-law we took her out to the farm and got her comfortable shooting a rifle which wow i mean yeah for never shooting a rifle before i mean i was impressed absolutely sure. impressed i mean but it gave her that confidence so when that time came she could take that shot sure 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 but not only that but like adam adam howworth man i know he gave you a shout out for, for yeah. mentoring you and or for you mentoring him and and him harvesting his first buck um, you know, I got my first a, woodcock, you know, like 
I can't take credit for his first buck. He had he had plenty of mentors there. I did help him drag it out, and I did help him show a couple different ways on how to gut a deer possibly a little better. I mean, we have talked deer strategy before, but he really put in the time. I mean, sure, he really he really does it on public land. I'll give him that. Like he deserved that buck. He really did. Yeah. I mean, he he's looking at different terrain. He's looking for funnels. He's looking for. He's really looking at the wind. I mean, he's really trying to put the pieces together where. Is when it comes to deer hunting, I'm I'll admit I'm not that into it. Like and I'm spoiled, so I'll just go sit on the 40 <laughs> and it doesn't matter what stand I in. I'm in, I know which way the deer are gonna come from. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's nice though, man. And and that's the biggest thing that turned me away from hunting five years ago, you know. Like we were just talking this buck back there. I shot that in 2015. I think that was the last deer I ever harvested. Sure. Um until this year um you know i i had the same thing going on i had a sweet little piece of private land i could hunt um i was the only one hunting it you know strictly bow hunting and uh there was some other hunting pressure uh on surrounding properties but it wasn't you know like hunting a piece of public land um, you know, and I had spent some time on public land and that just turned me away. Cause I was like, why do I want to come out here when I can go sit in my cozy little tree stand and not have to worry about somebody <laughs> coming and sitting down 30 yards from me, you know, things like that. So it's, it's easy. It's simple. Yeah. Just walk out yeah. there, climb up in your tree stand. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, man. Public land hunting, it, it's not easy, but if you put in the time, the energy, right, it, it becomes super easy. And not only that, but, you know, you were talking about Adam, like going out and reaching these uh, areas that a lot of people would overlook. And that was a lot of things that I looked at as well. So I think um, if you're going to, if you're going to public land hunt in Wisconsin, especially during gun deer season, you have to really utilize the public lands to the, your best advantage. And like some of those spots I sent you, which we just didn't have enough time to try to scout out and see what would work. But some of those spots you can come in the backside, like utilizing the kayaks or things like that. I mean, if you get there early, people are sure. going to push the deer to you. Yeah, right, 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 right. That's a, that's a whole different strategy, too, you know. Um, right. and, and that's the thing too, is, um, uh, I lost my train of thought on that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a dummy. Sorry. Right. Um, Strategies, kayaks, but I mean, sure, just, yeah. I mean, just, just thinking outside of the box, you know, right. um, so many guys have been, been super successful on that public land. Oh, oh that's what I was going to say. It's not only Wisconsin though, like any public land for oh, any absolutely. gun season. I mean, you do have some areas that get a ton of pressure during bow season, but it's few and far between. You know, I don't think there's as many bow hunters as there are gun hunters, right? Because any anybody can go pick up a gun right. and go out and and shoot shoot a deer. Uh, bow hunting, you you know, typically you that deer's practice. within thirty yards. You got to put in a ton of practice, ton of scouting, things right. like that deer aren't going to get pushed around like they will in uh in gun season so that's that's what i was going to touch on like it's it's not just wisconsin it's any state generally during during a gun season 
any of those high pressured seasons. I mean, and there's more, I mean, we, we fall back to kayaks cause that's what we do. We're kayak fishermen. Right. But there's so many other methods of utilize. I mean, a bicycle at a cart. I mean, sure. You can those fire roads and logging roads that aren't allowed to have a motorized vehicle on there. You get a 29, like if I run my 29 inch mountain bike, my track, I can get pretty far back in there. And with the gearing, I could get a deer out way easier on that with a trailer and a cart than I ever could try to drag something out of there. Sure. 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 I think that's good too, because I know, <laughs> I know there was a few times where me and Jay had, had really trekked back quite a distance. And I was like, you know, it's really going to suck if we shoot a deer back here. <laughs> <laughs> but those types of areas is where we saw more activity, more sign, you know, things like that. But I well, mean, sometimes that's you're what going, you got to do. And you're going farther than the next guy. Cause that, 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 that other guy's like, I'm not going to drag a deer out this far or sure. physically can't drag a deer out that far. Sure. Either doesn't want to, or can't do it. I mean, you go that extra step, that extra quarter of a mile or half a mile into the woods or through that ankle, the knee deep swamp to get back to that next hardwood line. Yeah. You make yeah, yeah. all that difference. Yeah. It's uh yeah, definitely, definitely a difference. Cause the one spot I was talking about that acorn spot, it was up on a Ridge and more than likely if you were to shoot a deer up there, it's, it's running down hill sure. and it was a pretty steep hill. And, uh, and not only that, but I would say it was a good mile, mile and a half from from where the trucks were or the That's furthest a- point that the trucks could get to. Like I said, we put on some miles, man. <laughs> that's work. I mean, that's it, work right there. And it's There's a good no spot. Way. And it, it, it was actually really close to the spot we had talked about utilizing the kayaks to get back to first thing in the morning. And, uh, you know. We were a bunch of Nancys and bailed on that idea. However, I think that would have been the best idea looking back. But that takes scouting, which yeah. is kind of last minute. I mean, sure, I, sure, sure, sure. I've looked I, at these yeah. ideas on maps because I'm like, right. oh, it'd be fun to do. But I've never put the time in because I don't have to do it. Right. Sure. So I can give you all these like, oh, hey, I think this would work. This would work. This would work. But I've never looked at it. So you're going to have to go do it yourself. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Well, and that was the thing too. Like I had no intentions or plans on hunting the gun season. And I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, like, why not? And, uh, um, just because in Illinois, if you want to hunt a piece of public land during gun season, you have to basically, uh, win a lottery tag, um, which we had already missed. Um, I think the closest over-the-counter tags were like three, three and a half hours away, something like that. Um, so we were like, oh, let's go to Wisconsin. Let's do that, you know? Right. And uh, we did it. <laughs> um, you saw deer. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of people. Like you're on the fa- If I'm on the Facebook groups, I'm on different deer hunting groups for Wisconsin. And there's lots of people that didn't even see deer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was a common theme. Like a lot of people struggled, especially that first weekend. Like right. we definitely heard shots. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of like, like I said, me and Jay stayed up there Saturday night at the hotel. We ran into a, a handful of different people, and they were like, "I don't think there's any deer in this county. Like, I I think they're all gone." You know, like, 
And I know, so, and, and you were staying in the same county I hunt in, and that night you and I sat, you saw four, I saw 13. Yeah, at night driving on the road, yeah. No, yeah. from my tree stand in that field behind me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. same county, sure. just, I mean, completely different, different areas. Of, right? Different areas, yeah. different circumstances. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, well, that's part of the reason why I took a doe this year, though, because sure, your trail camera pictures and everything else. I mean, our buck to doe ratio is pretty far off if you're looking at it from a management side of things. Now we really can't control it too much, but we can have a little say in it, right? Sure. So I decided this year, first big brown body deer. I mean, if it was a buck that was a shooter, yeah, I'm not going to pass on it. I'm not. But if I had a right. nice, I had a nice big doe, I'll take a doe and be done and that's exactly what i did that sunday night yeah 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 yeah. actually let me let me share that picture so run us through that man how did that all go down it was fast i was i wouldn't even call it fast it's slow i think i'd almost say it was slow so my one niece was in a stand on top of the hill my other niece was in a stand in the, on the other spot of the hill and we kind of have a group conversation going and my one niece is like there's a bunch of does walking through i'm like cool so I'm sitting there paying attention and I see these, see this one doe and then another doe behind it start coming their way out. And then another, another doe started to come down this little trail, like straight at me at about 80 yards. And they're just sure. coming straight at me. And I, I took, I looked at the bigger one that was alone and I'm like, all right, there we go. Perfect. And then it's like Sunday afternoon. I'm like late. It's like four o'clock shooting times, four forty-eight. I think four forty-four on that day. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm second guessing myself. I'm like, do I want to shoot that doe? Yeah. Or do I want to wait for that buck? Right. So I have it in the scope and I'm just kind of pondering this. And up to my right, I hear crack is my niece. She shot. And that doe stick stuck its head up real quick. And I'm like, oh, time to make my decision. Boom, down. Nice. Night, real nice shot. She dropped right in her tracks and didn't move. Just sit there and kind of take that on for a second, like, you know. This just well, that happened. Just happened. <laughs> right. Um, never had a chance. Like, cause I was still before I pulled that trigger, I never like was like, all right, I'm gonna shoot. So I never got like that excited, like buck fever. You can get it with a doe as well. Like, like once you just make that decision, you're gonna shoot, everything changes for me at least. Like my heart starts to beat a little faster. Like I gotta really focus and slow down because now I've made that conscious decision. Whereas like right here, I was like, Oh, I gotta do this right away. And it's just done. Like sure. I didn't have a time to like psych myself up or worry myself out or anything like that. Hardest yeah. part was, and I, I'll admit I missed, there was a fawn behind this doe. And that one was rough because that fawn sat around and bleated for about 15 minutes afterwards. Sure. That was rough. I'll admit that. That was rough. I try to never shoot mom. I mean, that doe, that fawn was plenty old enough to live on its own. I mean, sure. It's, perfectly fine but just sitting there watching that it's like man find another doe tag yeah yeah and i mean eventually those those younger ones will will join up with you know the other does oh, they were okay. running with and things like that like i've i've had that instance as well um where i never saw that that smaller at that point it's a yearling Right. It's a yearling. It's not a fawn. I mean, and and, and yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and uh, I've had that same instance, and I I know the exact feeling you're talking about. You're like, oh man, oh man, right, right. Uh, 
no, no, I know that yearlings gonna survive. They'll be fine. But it's like, way to just tug on them heartstrings. Like, sure, just make sure, a little sure, sure. more emotional. And right. unfortunately, my niece that shot did actually miss her doll. So that was a shame. Yeah, it happens, but man. A clean miss is better, like than what you said—a wounded yep. deer that runs away, and then you're constantly thinking back to yourself, like, "What I just do here? Like, like that's not what I want to do. I don't want to lose an animal." Right, right, right. Nobody ever wants to go through that. I mean, that's right. that's the worst. Um, you know, when you when you have, uh, you know, a, a bad shot or or what you think would possibly you know, um, kill that deer, but then you never find it, things like that. I mean, right. that, that's brutal, man. Um, I mean, so, I want to feel, yeah. I, I, maybe this sounds bad, but I don't want to fill my freezer. I don't want to feed coyotes. I mean, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understand I mean, it's all a part of nature. It is. But if I decide to take that shot, I want to follow through. I want to finish up. I want to complete the hunt and make sure it's as ethical as possible. I guess the best way to put it. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, nobody, nobody wants to have that drawn out or, uh, potentially injure a deer to where it's gonna, you know, affect it for the rest of its, you know, life or, or something along those lines. So, uh, no, I totally feel you on that, man. But uh, so that's the story of my doe, which is yeah, right man. By, which my doe is right by your tree. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I'm gonna go back there, and there's gonna be a plaque on that tree. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I thought oh. about carving. I mean, there's already so much damage. I'm thinking about just carving your initials and <laughs> do it now. Uh, I mean, I could, I could see that. I could see that. Why not? Why not? This is Brian's tree. <laughs> <laughs> Brian shot here. Um, well, let's uh, let's transition over into like Onyx, man. And I'm gonna say before we run out of time. Yeah, I got Onyx pulled up here. Um. So I could uh, I could use that as reference um, as well, and uh, let's talk about this because I I did get some messages and some questions and like how it works, what's the features, things like that. So uh, I mean, what what do you use Onyx for mostly? Mostly, yeah. Boy, I use it for everything. I use it from everything from grouse hunting downloading and like wisconsin's got extra layers like they have the grouse and woodcock layer so i'll use that as a scouting tool to like limit my habitat searches so like all right sure. here's where i'm going to start at least looking for my different ages of timber cuts that i want to hunt right but i'll download offline maps so when i'm in these national forest areas or county lands no signal like, no yeah. signal at all i can start i can still see where i'm going and figure it out and then Furthermore, I can create boundaries. Like I can highlight areas myself with a line tool. Mm -hmm. So when I'm offline, those like grouse and woodcock overlays don't work, but I'll highlight that grouse overlay or that woodcock overlay. So that way there, when I do hit offline, I still know the boundaries of those areas I want to go look at. Sure. So like, here's a, here's like what Brad's talking about with the layers. 
you know, um, they got all kinds of stuff, Forest Legacy Lands, um, you know, CD, CWD, um, disposal locations, um, hunt zones, um, pri- it'll mark private lands. And, and a lot of times, um, like on these private lands, um, let me see if I could zoom in here. Obviously, private lands are in red here. But it'll give you the name of like right. who owns that chunk of property. So like this is Cutler Cranberry Company. Um, but you know, like uh, if you're looking, um, you know, for the name of somebody to maybe access uh, that private land, either a for permission to hunt it, or b say you were hunting the public land that backs up to their land, you. Uh, shoot a deer or a bird or whatever it may be and it makes its way into that private land now you know who to try and contact right. to get access to go recover your your animal um and things like that and then obviously you know this bright green is us uh uh what is it usfs or something like that usfws uh, land, uh, which is United States Forest Wildlife Service, I believe. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, but basically, that's a that's a chunk of public land, and you can see it's all gridded out. And what's really interesting too, um, that I I discovered on my own in like some of these spots, you click on this area. Um, so this is the National Wildlife Regis, uh, Refuge. Right. They'll, they'll give you the more info a link to the website for like info about that area the uh website for like info and regulations on hunting that area um give you a long longitude latitude all that stuff but in wisconsin um I noticed this deer management units. And if you see more unit info, it'll tell you the number of deer harvested yep. in that specific unit at, at, for that year. Correct. Uh, is it that year? Or is it the year before? I believe it's okay, the previous so the year. year previous. So you could see kind of, you know, how many, um, for deer at least, right. Uh, how many deer were harvested. And I noticed that too, um, when I was looking at Tennessee the other night, cause we've been talking about that for next year. Uh, sure. y- you know, it uh, gave you the same thing. Um, another interesting thing is you see these tools over here, line distance. So you and I had a conversation about uh, waterfowl hunting this weekend. So right. what was really cool is uh, as we were talking about it, cause we're going to use the, ki- uh, the kayaks is, you know, I put a point, right at the one boat launch and then i stretched it i'm just doing this as an example say you know we wanted to go set up here um i click that point and it it gives you on the app um the distance so i think we were talking the one spot we're going to it's like an 800 yard paddle another spot we were looking at was a mile paddle uh, right. the spot we did, uh, Thanksgiving morning, like that's how we knew it was roughly two miles. Um, so, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, and then it doesn't show up in here, um, on the website, 
but on the actual app, um, like we were talking about with with the toilet paper or uh, you know your father in law put the orange hat where he lost right. things, lost the blood on the on the track. Um, you can go in there and start tracking, and it'll I think show you waypoints. That's under their waypoints, if I remember right. Is it under their waypoints on that phone? No, no. Uh, on the phone, it's actual. Uh, it shows up as tracker. Oh, it's tracker. And yep, I, tracker. Yeah, tracker. Yeah, it's not doing it on the website because obviously you're looking at it on a web browser versus the actual right. app. So the app's using your location services on your phone. Um, and I tell you what, man, there was an instance where uh, Jay and I were hunting that piece of public land, and I got spun around. I, I had no idea where I was. Um, we saw those deer run through, and I told Jay, I said, look, man, I'm going to go work my way down this ridge. I'm going to see if I bump anything back up towards you. Just don't shoot me, you know, because in <laughs> Wisconsin, deer drives are legal. Um, but I was like, you know, get ready. I'm going to see if I can bump something. And I was down in a ravine. It was somewhat thick. Everything looked the same. Well, what it was is I went down the hill and walked past. We were on the top of like a little ravine there. And I walked past the point, the next ridge over. And I ended up like three ridges over. Sure. And I even like screamed Jay's name. He never even heard me. <laughs> Fortunately enough, we had cell signal. Right. Because um, he had texted me or something. And I was like, where are you? I'm like, and then I called him. I was like panicking. I'm like, where the hell am I? Um, but I used that tracker to make sure I was heading in the right direction uh, because I was so spun around. Sure. Um, you know, it's thick, dense woods. And uh, fortunately enough, I found it. But um, super good tool for when you're actually tracking a deer in those instances where, you know, they run in an extra right. distance or you lose that. Um that blood and what you could do is go back from the start of where you found uh blood right after the first impact and then start walking that blood trail to where you got like you talked about now you know which direction that deer was headed so, you also can utilize that too because for like say you're hunting a thick marsh right and you're 15 feet up in a tree and when you get down from the tree if you've ever hunted a tree stand, everything you know that yeah everything's different nothing looks the same everything yeah so if you know your yardage, like if you have a range finder or if you have a general idea of like that deer was 150 yards with Onyx, you can have it so it's looked, the phone is pointing the same direction that you're looking. So with that sure. line distance tool from your stand, you can say, all right, this deer was about 150 yards this direction. You can drop a waypoint. So when you get down out of your stand, you have an idea of what direct, like, because everything changes, everything looks different. And if it's a thick marsh with maybe some cattails or just the marsh grass, maybe some, maybe some underlying brush, everything else. I mean, you'd start to take, okay, this easier path this way. Ease, all of a sudden you're like hundred yards east of where when you were trying to go north. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally different, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I, that's probably the only time that I, I've ever really been like, where the hell am I? Like, I, I got a little nervous, you know, I was like this, like Jay should be right here. 
you know, this is where I thought we were. And we definitely weren't right there. So it was a whole different uh, experience, man. And I, I was, I was like, well, this is not good. And, you know, um, I think it was good too, because I was using the offline maps when I did that. So you could still utilize that tracker. Um, right. I don't know how that still works, um, how they can track you. Uh, GPS on your phone. Service, I guess. Cause you're, uh, your cell phone, I mean, your cell phone's gonna have, has a GPS receiver in it. So you don't need signal in order for sure. Onyx to work and pinpoint your location. Sure, 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 sure. The grouse yeah. hunter in me and the big wood hunter in me would tell you to always have a compass on you too. Yeah, probably should have. Actually, I had one in my bag. I did. It's on my, you, my, my grunt tube. <laughs> I mean, most people know what direction they walked in in. At least sure. you should. I mean, at least if you know, I'm walking in north. This road mainly runs east-west. Even if you get turned around and you don't know how many far, how which way you went, yeah, you still know you are north of this east-west road. All you got to do is walk south. You know what I'm? Mean? You're gonna find that road eventually. You might walk through some stuff you didn't walk through the first time, but you're gonna find that road. And yeah. then once you find yeah. the road, you can figure out where did I park every. But now you're no longer lost. Now you're just got to figure out where to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I think that's a good tip right there for sure. I mean, those, those woods up North are big, but even with how big they are, if you have a compass and you can walk a straight line, you're going to find a river. You're going to find a road. I mean, rivers lead to roads. Normally you're going to find a bridge eventually. Um, or you're going to, if you have a general idea of like, you should at least have a general idea of the area you're hunting. You should have looked at a map or something before you just jumped out of your truck and said, huh, this looks like a good spot, right? I mean, between Google maps, Apple maps, Onyx, everything else out there, like you should be like, okay, there's a lake here. There's a lake there. So even if you get lost and you start walking that one direction and you hit that lake, now you have a general idea of where you are, how to follow your compass back out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. I mean, Wisconsin's big, but it's not that big. Well, it's it relates to any any stretch of woods that are out there that uh, you know you get in. You should definitely uh, have a couple forms of or or know a couple ways of you know finding your sense of direction and so on and so forth. So good stuff. I mean, I've never. Man. Never had Onyx fail. I have the Dog Trip Pathfinder app just for my upland hunting with my dog, which I can download Google satellite images with that. And that's a more accurate GPS tracker for my phone just because of the dog stuff. I still run a compass because you never know. I mean, all it takes is one dead battery or weird sure. situation where that app crashes and doesn't want to open again. And I can't let one electronic thing be my lifeline back if I need it, you know. You gotta, yeah. have, you gotta you have gotta have that backup plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Drop your phone in the marsh. You know. Right. I mean, I don't know anybody that's ever dropped their phone in the water. Uh Steve did happen to find mine in the middle of the woods on a deer drag. Oops. Fell right out of my pocket. <laughs> I had a, a nice chunky bass flip mine out of my hand into the lake. Perfect. Yeah, gotta love it. To go track that down, I did mark it on my depth finder, so I just need like one of those scuba diving guys. Like, uh, what's that guy's name? 
Dolly MD or whatever uh, on YouTube. Oh, and, I know you're uh, talking. Jigging with Jordan, those guys. I'll go scuba diving. I got the I got the waypoints. A friend of mine, a mountain bike with as an instructor. Hmm. We can send him to go find that phone. I also know of an Apple Watch in the Wisconsin River. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not mine. Nice. I like it. Well, uh, we're coming to the end, man. Uh, yeah. Any closing thoughts? Things like that, man. Try the field. There's there's a free trial of Onyx if you're interested in it. Yeah, play with it. There's YouTube tutorials out there. It's an awesome tool. It really is. And it can be used for far more than hunting. I use it for ice fishing, for access points to backwoods lakes that other people don't get to. You can use it for kayak fishing, all sorts of different things. Um, they're starting like that. There's the new Onyx off-road portion of that. Not sure. real popular in our state, but other states. I mean, it's got their off-road vehicle trails, their UHV trails, their part, but mountain bike trails on there. So if you also do other things, I mean, yeah. you can just utilize that app for a lot of different things. Well, and uh, I know there's a discount code out there and it's either THP or THP 20. Um, that's for the hunting public. Shout out to those guys. Watch those guys on YouTube. They do a ton of public land hunting, um, but that's a 20% off discount code, I believe. Sure. So, um, yeah, utilize that if you want to get into it. You do that seven-day trial, and then you want to enroll. Um, that's a good way to save a few bucks. So, Absolutely. Right on, man. Well, well I got got some we got some full freezers. I mean, yeah. you didn't get yours with the gun. You got yours with the bow, but we both, both have meat, meat to last the year. Still got some time to uh, fill it up even more. We do. We got some ducks left. Got one weekend left to duck. Yeah, duck this weekend, deer the next weekend. If you need me to come shoot a couple of trees, let me know. You might be on your own. We already, <laughs> we're starting to get that ice, man. I might yeah. get that early ice. Go try yeah. to get me a crappie or bluegill dinner. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I think it was uh, – I saw today Matthew Scotch uh, posted something up. They're down, He's down in Texas, I believe. Uh, but they caught like 100 crappies apiece today nice ones wow so i guess uh the crappie bites firing up in uh texas and he said anybody looking to get out there and do some crappie fishing hit them up so uh yeah and then uh go ahead i was gonna say that's a solid bite man yeah, 100, 100 oh, yeah. Crappies, that's a lot of yeah. paper mouth yeah <laughs> a lot a lot of bites <laughs> that'll wear your arm out by the end of the day but um uh paddle and fin uh next week is our last full week for the 2020 season then we're taking a break and then we come back i believe it is january 3rd um first episode will be bass fishing for noobs in the 2021 season in january uh january 4th so next week we got a full schedule uh we may have a couple uh episodes here and there um pop up special ones um during that uh break uh so be on the lookout and then we come back full storm uh january 4th but uh brad's gonna be joining us on these hunt episodes um we're gonna be talking some ice fishing too as we transition into that uh like we said we're trying to change up uh, a couple things here for the off season uh at least for the og show 
talk about some different things that, you know, translate to fishing or like we talked about before, a lot of kayak fishermen or fishermen in general hunt and most hunters fish. So um, that's why we're kind of doing these episodes. It's, it's that time of the year. Um, and we're just trying to broaden our horizons a little bit. So mix it up uh, a little bit, a little yeah, different man. content. Absolutely. Some new special guests that randomly appear. Yeah. Yeah. Brad's uh, our special co-host for all these, uh, episodes. Uh, Jay will be back soon. Uh, again, like I said, at the beginning of the broadcast, if you guys could lift him and his family up, uh, they, Jay lost his mom, uh, thoughts and prayers are with him and, uh, the whole Jay Randall family. And, uh, you know, if you guys could send them some positive messages, vibes, prayers, whatever higher power you believe in, man, much appreciated. And, uh, we will see you all on the next episode. Tight lines, or I'm sorry. What did I say last time? I forget I what know. it was. I don't know. What you, I, I don't know if tight lines and smooth paddling works, though, man. I really tight, don't know. Tight lines and straight shooting. <laughs> Steady dogs and straight shooting. If you're gonna yeah. ask me, man. There you go. There you go. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, those of you listening on the podcast, thanks as always. See you till next. Until next time, we'll see you. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.